Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. This is episode 15 of Freedom from Fear. I am Michael J. Sutton. How does God understand fear? Most people fear something. Many things are quite legitimate. Parents fear for their children, especially when they're young. Children often lack the street sense or common sense, skills that one can learn over time. We also seem to have an intuitive sense of fear or awareness of our surroundings. We avoid danger or dangerous situations and so we should. It's quite natural. We fear authority and representatives of authority, such as the police or the tax office. A nation needs rules and they are there for the purpose of order and organisation. Many children fear their parents or accept their authority over them. Many parents have different ways to raise their children and most children have a healthy respect for their parents or at least aspire to. How does God understand fear? The way God understands fear is like the way our dictionaries understand fear. In other words, there is no special difference in the way we understand the anatomy of fear and the way the Bible understands it and presents it. The Bible has three ways of understanding fear, which is in Greek is phobos, which is where we get our word phobia. In my Greek lexicon of the New Testament, the New Testament has three ways of speaking about fear. The first way is the state of being frightened, being afraid or apprehensive. This also includes the idea of terror and intimidation. Second, the, the fear of someone or something. And finally, having deep respect and reverence for someone. The same Greek word is used for all three categories. There are many examples in the New Testament where all three ways of the word phobia are used. Sometimes the translators adapt to the context to provide clarity in the text. Sometimes they don't, and sometimes their decisions make little sense in the context, though they probably have their reasons. It is the same in English, but we tend to associate fear with a negative persona. Our language has dramatically changed in the last century, and fear is one of the words that has changed. In Greek, the usage of the word is usually found in the context. We would normally say to our children, or to children in general, you need to have a proper respect of authority, rather than you need to be afraid of the police. Likewise, we would use the word afraid to offer comfort to people in need or anxiety. For example, we would say, there's no need to be afraid of the dark, or whatever it happens to be. Again, to use the children example, we would caution children to be careful in the yard, look out for spiders or snakes or whatever, and we would not tell them to fear spiders or snakes, though we might tell them to have a proper respect for them and be aware of their existence and behaviour. Most people tend not to try and instill fear in people. Fear is somewhat old-fashioned, and yet it's not. We probably would not use the word fear in everyday conversation. Fear these days is an old-fashioned word like naughty. 
which once meant evil, but today it means mischievous. Even our word evil seems too cruel for some of the crimes today. Language is always changing. We might call someone fearless, meaning they're brave or courageous. We often use that of a soldier, but these days we also use it for a sporting hero on the field. We also use the word phobia more often, even though this now points to a habit or a psychological condition. For example, Islamophobia, the fear of Muslims or Islam. The um, xenophobia, the fear of foreigners. Uh, homophobia, the fear of homosexuals. Unfortunately, many people, including many Christians, tend to be unaware of the three types of the use of fear in the New Testament. We Christians often like the word fear, and it often fits with the way we want to see God, or rather the way we want others to see God. But how does God understand fear? I often hear from evangelical Christians that we have lost a sense of the fear of God and that we need to renew our fear of God and they insist on the English word fear which is interesting and itself poses a problem not only for interpretation but also for implication. So what is your series Freedom from Fear about? The series at the moment is series two of Freedom Matters Today. It's titled Freedom from Fear. It certainly doesn't mean that we should not fear anything and be fearless in all things. No, that's not what the series is about. Freedom Matters Today investigates freedom from a Christian perspective. We try to point people back to the Bible and to a personal rather than institutional relationship with God. It's also important to think clearly about things, and fear is one of those things in life we need to think clearly about. One of my goals in this series is to enable people to see more clearly how fear relates to the Christian life, focusing attention on a biblical understanding of fear and dismantling fake fear or constructed, manufactured fears and anxieties. The full title for this series is Freedom from Fear, A Christian Response to Manufactured Anxiety and Despair. Freedom from Fascism was our first series and it was relatively simple. Fascism is evil. It needs to be eradicated whenever it appears and Christians need to be deeply aware of the pernicious evils of Christian fascism, the false habit of mixing religion and nationalism. It's unbiblical, it's unchristian, and it's evil. Whenever possible, I will fight the evils of Christian fascism in Christianity in all its vile forms, and I will give no quarter. Unfortunately, with the rise of secular fascism in the West, more attention needs to be given to stamping out this evil in Christianity. Many new fears have emerged in our society due to the rise of this new form of politics or the revival of this type of politics, fascism. And some examples of this would be COVID hysteria and World War III. These fears are manufactured fears, cultivated fears 
fears created by the political or ruling class for the purpose of social control. It seems to me in our world, we in the West, many of us, worship the nation, which is a tragedy. And it's also a sin. It's idolatry. The worship of nations is common among Western Christians for some reason. I can only assume it's because of Christian fascism, the hankering after the reimagined fictitious Christian past. You examine the past through history books or the internet or whatever, you'll discover that there is no basis for Christian fascism, and yet it remains incredibly attractive to many in the Christian church. We ought not to fear the nation our nation, or any nation. A nation is a thing, not a person. And this series of institutions and boundaries and demarcations and conventions and rules. We ought not to fear a nation. A nation is simply a pool from which God draws his people to faith in Christ. Beyond that, the nations are free. They're free. Thank God. Therefore, to properly understand and address the anatomy of fear in the life of a person, we need to understand the Bible's perspective on politics in order to overthrow manufactured fear and anxiety. There are five elements to this. We have already looked at two. The first was national destiny, and the second is free speech. The third is citizenship. And the fourth is xenophobia. The final element is war. Yes, the Bible has much to say about war, and like the talks on national destiny, my friends, you're not going to like it at all. These five weeks, it is my prayer, will begin to break the spell that many people have over them, this cloud of oppression and despair, which is caused by the nation, or people in power within the nation and within the ranks of what I call Christian fascism. Many people believe that America is a Christian nation and that it has a destiny or a role to play in God's great salvation. I pointed out that there is no evidence in the Bible that God favours one of the nations outside of Israel. We in the nations, the so-called Gentile nations, bring nothing to God. The origin of this cloud of despair was Christian fascism in America, where religion and politics have become so much mixed together that they work to create a nationalistic fear, a cloud over the world. Are there special nations? No. Is America exceptional? No. Do nations have a destiny? No. Many Christians will be deeply offended by what I have said, and that's their problem. They suffer from a form of idol worship, and America has replaced God in their actual belief. It is the flowering of the sin of nationalism. It happens everywhere. Many nations have invented Christian traditions that the future of their nation and Christianity are intertwined. These interpretations are based on false misreadings of the Hebrew Bible, and in particular the transplanting of the privileges of Israel to whichever nation they come from. In other words, they've made it up completely. If God 
does not actually bless America. I believe this presents a wonderful opportunity for America to pursue its own destiny, rather than be confined by the fanatical ramblings of Christian fascists and their ilk. This would be true freedom. God does not control nations like a puppet master with strings. The nations are the source of those who come to faith in the Saviour Jesus Christ. How does God understand fear? Well, he doesn't need nations to fit in with his program, nor does he use, nor does he need their fear machines to do his work. Likewise, free speech. I pointed out that there is no such thing as free speech, and that Christians are to be people who guard their tongue rather than engage in damaging slander and gossip. I pointed out that many Christians, if they cannot find dirt on someone, will simply make it up. But I don't expect to make much difference here, since gossip is the reason most go to church on Sunday. More importantly, it's because of the work of Jesus on the cross, dying in our place for our sins, that he opened the possibility for us to enter the presence of God and speak openly and clearly to God about our feelings, desires and needs. True free speech is only before God. For the next few episodes, we will spend time pondering our citizenship before God and what it means to be a Christian in this world to fully appreciate fear from God's perspective and jettison and reject the manufactured fears of others. Our citizenship as Christians is in heaven. To throw the cat among the pigeons, as they say, our key verse for this week might shock you. It is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to subscribe to our daily blog, please go to freedommatterstoday.com. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.